0: Hello. What's up TJ? Hey bro. Um
1: doing it's, doing pretty well. It sounds eerily quiet at the homestead. Is are, are we I I don't mean to assume but is construction done or close?
0: Construction not done. It is close. We're in the home stretch there. They are not working today. They're they're cutting cutting a bunch of shit at their at the lab so oh
1: they're oh i see they're back in the stew
0: they're back in the stew p- doing some doing some final touches on they have to like cut a bunch of shit um and then tomorrow it's all going in and i think it should be done
1: wow just in time for big cv's arrival we can do like we can do a little crib style home tour for the fans
0: yeah uh as soon as you quarantine for two weeks we'll set that up <laughs>
1: okay yeah good luck with that uh <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: but yeah it is quiet I'm, today it's my girlfriend's not even here damn tj home alone risky business boys i know and I, I could be spending this time doing all kinds of risky business but instead i'm podcasting with you
1: well look man jerking off again is not going to get to this bag any faster podcasting <sighs> on, the other hand, on the other hand will absolutely it's a very
0: good point it's a very good point
1: um, I'm just still dying over your your uh, Laird Hamilton superfood creamer has got me on geek uh, text <laughs> message that you <laughs> sent me, and I mean we've talked about this before, but I, I didn't. So have you looked into Laird, the famous surfer? His does he have an entire product line? Yes, or is he
0: does. It, have you? It's almost it almost sounds like you've never even listened to Joe Rogan before, but yeah, he does have a uh, th- uh, he has a full line you. of products. Uh, wow. Uh, This looks pretty good. I mean, it it is weird. Like, it it has this thing called Aquamin, which is uh, apparently a super nutritious blend of of minerals and nutrients that are derived from a certain type of red sea kelp, Um, and that they they've just put a bunch of that into into like a non dairy coffee creamer. That's coconut based. the prices are looking dirt cheap. Yeah, it's it's nine 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 ninety nine at Whole Foods. It's pretty cheap. I that don't want cheap. this to sound like an ad because we are. This is not an ad, but
1: no, I just think it's funny. I, I just think that it's great when people branch out into consumer goods. I, I just think that's like the <laughs> that's like the final frontier of of fame at any level is being like you know what I'm going to slap my name on a product people will use at home and and you know. It kind of makes sense, but it kind of doesn't. I guess for him because he's an athlete. I guess it makes sense.
0: I mean, what what celebrity products have actually become you know successful or even just good? Like like Soldier Boy has the Soldier Watch, and that that was not not good.
1: What about the Raycon headphones?
0: Well, who, who who does Raycon headphones? Ray J, bitch.
2: Oh.
1: <laughs> who does Ray J has a a, a huge, huge offering of products, um, <laughs> from scooters to fake AirPods, like, and okay. it, it's all popping.
0: So that when you say it's all popping, though, like, does that mean that is like it is a proven uh, quality product that people believe in and purchase on a normal basis, or? Or is like a company that Ray J started maybe more so known as a bit of a novelty perhaps
1: um when I say popping, I mean I mean making shitty products and probably not selling them okay, but it's funny, so therefore it's, <laughs> it's popping it okay. is funny
0: let me, let me I'm, I'm, so, I'm trying to find there. an example of a of an actual real success of of celebrity endorsement. Ja rule has not had a good one.
1: Well, I'm sure there's like I'm sure I'm sure. No, there I guess are. I
0: guess it's it's going to be Fenty and it's going to Martha be,
1: Stewart too. You know what I mean? Ooh, or like yeah, whatever yeah, George yeah. George Foreman, the Foreman Grill. I mean that. <laughs> yeah, that's millions, true. millions. You know, like shit like that. The stuff maybe a little before our time, but um, you know now it's easy to sell direct to consumers. So we might not even know about some of the stuff if we don't follow them on IG.
0: DTC baby, it's big. Um, yeah, my friend. A friend of mine got the soldier watch and they just never sent it to him. It was just a picture of an Apple watch that they photoshopped Soldier Boy's logo oh, into. No, and
2: they took, no, no.
0: And they took his, they, he, yeah, it was like, it's like $19. Oh, okay. And they sent it to your well, house. Who cares? But, but it's just a full, just full thievery. Just, we thank you for buying this soldier watch and that's it. They never send you a product. It's just like a straight up scam.
1: So all right, this is I think this is a good time for us to announce the How Long Gone Watch. Um <laughs> it's $15.99 and coming out next week. Uh pre-orders are available now. How slash watch.
0: Apple Watch is out, bro.
1: Yeah, that shit's for losers, dude. You need to get the How Long Gone watch. It's just generally cooler, but does the same stuff.
0: It's generally cooler. Uh I
1: other big news today. The Dixie chicks just changed their name to No way the
0: chicks <laughs> really yes yes and <laughs> that sounds I, like the name of a band in like a like a Lindsay lohan <laughs> disney movie
1: i i agree i mean i think the 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 uh i mean i guess changing the name makes sense obviously because it's offensive or or you know it's uh it's
0: not what, what exactly. Um, uh, as a Southern person, like I know the word Dixie, but what what is what exactly is like the the I etymology mean, behind it?
1: It's just racist shit. You know what I'm saying? Just some like Confederate flag. Like we're protecting our history, and and unfortunately, when they're, the history they're talking about is owning slaves, so mm-hmm. it's a little bit of an insane thing to die on. Um, uh, again, I'm not the most well versed in this, but that's I think what they 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 like love these symbols mm-hmm. of confederacy but the confederacy was awful so while you would want those symbols or these statues of of these people that like held up these awful things like right. why you would want that still is is a little beyond me i i mm. don't think the dixie chicks uh named themselves because they were you know representing for that i think it was probably just yeah you know, so 30 Dix- years ago
0: dixie is is just a nickname for any of the southern a, states a, at all yeah yeah so but, uh yeah but also any of those southern states also happen to be composed <laughs> yeah. of all confederate states
1: that's what i'm saying it's like a little bit like yeah just southern stuff you know and you're like yeah, oh, wait, it's, let me, it's so, let me...
0: i mean you know i got you know if you there's a lot of good stuff in the south um but yeah i mean just calling your name The Chicks, though, is just not going to work out. The
1: chicks, the chicks does not seem very in line with where we are in 2020. Uh, <laughs> but but also, I guess, like, a full name change would have been really crazy for a band of that size, too. That's, like, been around for so long. Um, that's true. But, but then on the other side of the coin, it's like you're so big, it doesn't fucking matter. Just change the name, and, and you have the ability for... Your label, all the digital streaming services, so like you hit a button and just change it all. You know what I mean? It's not yeah, like that's it's true. not. It, it, it's a very easy thing to communicate at this stage, but I'm just surprised at the news.
0: I mean, somebody has to do a better job at figuring out how to rename these things because you can't just call your band the Chicks.
1: Well, I mean, Lady Antebellum going to Lady A doesn't.
0: Well, I'm I'm, I'm saying I remember a day, you know, two weeks ago when they announced that they're changing their name to Lady A. And everyone was like, "Oh, that's funny." And now Dixie Chicks changing the name to the Chicks makes Lady A look like an actual good idea and good job. I,
1: I believe you're right. I I I haven't, you know, this name change was very recent, and um, I, I don't know. I haven't really clocked the mm-hmm. reviews from the from the public at large, but I'm sure. It will be, you know, I'm relatively sure plenty positive. of
0: people are not rushing to speak about their thoughts on <laughs> no, the no. Dixie Chicks changing their name in the year. But that's why you that's why you
1: that's why you come to How Long Gone, because we give you these extremely important takes first, you know, and I think that that the Dixie Chicks <laughs> changing their name is is <laughs> Is exactly why you listen to this podcast. Yes, yes. You, you know? your,
0: your mom and my mom are like, finally, some fucking news I can stick my teeth in Yeah,
1: this is this is finally some information for me. You guys need to
0: stop talking about Lil Uzi or whatever his <laughs> name is and talking about some real shit.
1: What is Chrome Hearts, Christopher? Um, mm. I... I, it's, it, I think we're going to see a lot of this and, and mostly in the country genre because they're they the ones that probably have the most problematic names mm-hmm. historically. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. I mean, Jenny Slate is no longer going to voice that character. Kristen Bell is no longer going to voice that, that mixed race character. So it, little things like this are going to happen in enough of a, a, a wave where it is a big thing.
0: Yeah, I agree. The I didn't know that Kristen Bell was doing any of the, I mean, you know, who keeps up with Kristen Bell news? But I did watch Big Mouth and I thought it was funny and I did know that Jenny Slate did the voice of that character who was a black girl and I thought she did a good job at it and and I really just didn't even think I mean, I probably was like, "Huh. Interesting. I think this is a black girl and Jenny Slate's doing the voice." Yeah. But it, you know, I mean, it didn't really occur to me to be a major offense, and I guess it didn't really occur to a lot of people because no, definitely, it just not. happened. No, and not. now, now that it, I look at it, and I, you know, through a a more fresh set of eyes, I'm like, holy shit, yeah, why? That's just bad.
1: I mean, it just seems like a yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think adults watching cartoons is also bad, but this is a bigger <laughs> issue. Um, and I do, but it is, it is strange though that that's the impulse. Um, which I think is the obviously the 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 you know issue at hand. Mm-hmm. You know, um, in a lot of ways is like instead, like I, I'm sure they just you know Jenny Slate's famous, and that's easy to do. You know, it's it's the it's the path of least resistance. Yeah, um,
0: and also but, you know, there I I, th- I think there are other people. Like I don't think anyone was ever really going to come for Jenny Slate. Um, you know, in some type of witch hunt scenario asking her for her resignation from show business but you know she's the type of person that would want to that would get a little scared and want to get out ahead of something you know like apologizing for a thing that uh you know you see celebrity apologies of of stuff that you didn't even know was happening or going on because they're just paranoid that they don't want to get taken down so they're getting getting out ahead of it which i guess is proactive but sometimes oh, it's, it's the, almost a little like i don't know it has an, it's defi- has it's an, definitely an emission of guilt energy that is that is odd to me a little bit yeah i mean i think that it it
1: is um you know i i i, I don't know I, I i yeah i don't know i don't it's a, it's such a strange thing cuz we're literally talking about the voice of a cartoon but that is like <laughs> mm-hmm. But that is like more meaningful than you think about when, when you think about the implications and like what all of that means and and the patterns of behavior yeah. that, that go into that kind of stuff. So it's like it's it's you know you have to dig a little deeper to understand why that's that's a bigger problem than it may seem on the surface is what is what I'm trying to say.
0: Yeah, I, I, yeah, for for something like a show like Big Mouth, where it is such a progressive type of program, where they're educating you know young people about sex in a new entertaining way that is done intelligently with humor and blah, 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 blah. Like, I think that's really important and it's really progressive. And, you know, the casting behind that also has to, you know, keep up to those progressive standards.
1: Well, I think it's just a, you know, another blind spot, you know, that, that uh will, you know, I think Hollywood's on high alert and, and these kind of things will, will keep going, you know what I mean? Um Yeah. But,
0: Well, my, Um, you know, my, I've been watching a lot of Curb Your Enthusiasm old reruns lately. And my prediction, my, my unfortunate prediction of calling that Larry David will be canceled one day in real life just keeps getting stronger and stronger. As I'm watching these old episodes, there's, you know, there's just a lot of stuff that was made, you know, less than five years ago that is, that would be front page headlines of like look at this shit, you know, in terms of racism, in terms of, you know, sexual abuse and male chauvinism and all that stuff.
1: Oh, I'm sure. I mean I yeah, I I I haven't I mean I watched all that stuff when it came out, but I've definitely not revisited.
0: Just weird but as I re- It ages it does not age well, in my opinion.
1: Interesting. Well, I'm not surprised. I mean, the but West at the time Wing I has said
0: so much. It was I mean, it's that's the problem is it's so funny and it's also so offensive. But, you know, 5 or 10 years ago everyone was like, "Uh, oh, you know, it's fine in the name of comedy, blah blah blah." We don't actually hate well, th- people with disabilities, you know, or things like that.
1: The name of comedy is going to be a a a uh sliding scale term i think uh what what you're able to do in the name of comedy is is going to be uh Mm -hmm. changing rapidly um but we do have a guest today um uh my old friend uh fadia cater who um i actually know from years and years ago of like atlanta nightlife um Mm -hmm. she is now the 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 uh strategic partnerships lead of music at instagram which is like a pretty big job um Mm -hmm. But she's also just lived a really interesting life. She moved here from Jordan. She lived in Nashville. She lived in Atlanta. She now lives in L.A. So I feel like she's probably got a pretty interesting perspective on things, like all all things from from the news to entertainment, et cetera. So Mm. um, I will bang her line now. Please do. All right, there we are. Fadi, are you here?
3: Yes, I'm here.
1: All right, what's up? How are you?
3: I'm good. How are you guys?
1: Yeah, you know, another day in paradise, as I like to say. Just jazzed.
0: Um, just as <laughs> yeah
1: I uh I'm actually in Atlanta. Um I, I've been here for a couple weeks uh just to kind of see my parents and hang out. Um so uh but I'm departing soon which I think I've hit my max uh <laughs> after a couple weeks.
3: Your threshold is what three weeks in Atlanta <laughs> I would
1: say less honestly, but because of a pandemic, I feel like i've I've been able to extend it you know yeah <laughs> it's, it's, it's <laughs> change my attitude. Have you been in l a the whole time
3: I've been in l a so we bought a house two weeks prior to covid
0: who who um, is we exactly
3: uh oh, my husband and I
0: okay, congratulations and the
3: dogs and the cat. Well, thank you. It's great, but you know, like a blessing for sure, but um. Had I known this would have happened, I'd be sitting in Hawaii for the last three months. There we somewhere. go.
1: I, <laughs> I like the attitude. I mean, it was moving a total nightmare? Or did, was it like, fine?
3: Oh, oh no, no, no. We, we moved in two weeks prior oh, you, to oh, okay, COVID. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I thought, yeah, yeah.
1: You, I thought you were saying you bought it, too. I was like, oh, shit, okay. It's going to be a whole thing. No,
3: so no, no, no. So no.
0: now you are, you're already sick of your brand new house is what you're saying?
3: see you're not gonna make me out to be ungrateful
0: (laughs) what uh what what neighborhood are you in if you don't mind me asking
3: uh we're in the crenshaw like this weird line between crenshaw and west adams area okay yeah yeah
1: i know the area Uh, where did you where did you move what neighborhood did you move from
3: Mid city, like not okay. even two miles south. We really wanted to stay in like the mid city area, but it's so expensive now. Mm-hmm. Um, we definitely got priced out from even like the two years that we moved here, and we're contemplating buying there. Um, but we love this neighborhood. This was like definitely number one.
1: That's great. Uh, I lo- love yeah. to hear it. And and I just want to talk about the the biggest flex I've seen in a while, and that's you having a two one two cell phone number. Um, oh boy i i just you know i've this is something that i am uh deeply jealous of but also i'm always interested to hear the origin story so if you could just walk us through that would be excellent
3: definitely so when i i grew up
0: two on two in man. this economy okay it's, I gotta it's, hear this. it's honestly insane
3: Listen, either when I call, people think I'm a check or a bill collector. It can go either <laughs> that's, way. Yeah,
1: that's true though. That's true. that's totally it, true.
3: It can definitely go either way. Um, the way it happened was, uh, you know, this is this is a life hack. Um, but back in the day when I lived in Atlanta. I really was trying to get out of Atlanta and move to New York. And I was applying for all these jobs. And it was back when I had the AirTran, the X-Fair. Do you guys remember that? Oh, my God. We're going
1: all the way back. Uh, I have no clue what you're talking about. Jason's Jason's from California. So you can
3: explain. Oh, let me break it down. Yeah, AirTran.
1: Well, no, AirTran was just like a budget airline that flew to New York. I mean, I, I took it to fly to New York. I think it, it didn't go to LA, right? Or did it?
3: No, I don't think so. So it's like the, it's like the
1: mega bus of the sky? Kinda. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, but the what was the pass called? X-Fair. Okay. So explain that because I don't really.
3: <laughs> yeah. So the X-Fair was you could buy a ticket one way for $45 standby. I, from what I recall, damn, I'm aging myself. Um. Uh, up until you're 23 years old, the whole point is to get college students back and forth from home okay. or college towns or so wherever. So there's a
0: child trafficking scheme. Okay, go ahead.
2: Yeah, pretty yeah, much. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, okay,
2: thank you. So <laughs> I
0: assume uh, Russell Simmons was behind this. Uh, <laughs> uh, so it sounds so like a rush enough. card of the sky. Oh
3: my god. The rush card of <laughs> <in> the sky
0: <laughs> continues. <laughs>
3: Jokes right themselves. Um,
2: <laughs>
3: but yeah, so I, I was trying to get a job. Everywhere I called, they're like, oh, your resume is so great. And where do you live? Oh, I see an Atlanta number. And I'm like, yeah, I live in Georgia. And they're like, yeah, sorry. Call us when you move to New York. So I started, I called, what was it, PowerTel at the time? It wasn't even T Mobile yet. Damn. I think. Yeah voice stream or PowerTel, you know they've gone through so many changes and i was like can i get a 212 number i need a new york number and they're like great we have a 212 number available i was like cool i don't even know what it is but fine give me a new york number so i put my new york number on the resume change my address to my home girl's house and when i would get interviews in new york i take the x-fair all the way to new york to interview
0: damn.
1: to try to get a job damn this is see this is some shit young people need to hear like this is what it used to require
2: mm-hmm. you know what i
1: mean there's no teleworking there's no fucking zoom like that that's mm. that's really getting it. What job did you get? What was your first job in New York?
3: My first job was working for this publicist her name is uh Marvette brito uh she had a publicity and like events agency and management agency was um, it music
1: related or was it like Everything. It was
3: it was everything related. I mean, she represented everyone from uh, Mariah Carey to what's that lady's name, uh, Kim, who played Samantha on Sex and the City. Uh, Kim, Kim
1: Cattrall, this is a this is a very pro Sex City podcast. We're not gonna stand for that disrespect. So far you
3: have two
0: legends on the <laughs> roster, Mariah and Catrell. Damn. These are t- yeah, and this
3: is a this roster is wait, this is a this is wait. a Cougars
0: only agency so far. Oh my god.
3: But wait, maybe you guys will remember who's a basketball player that used to make budget basketball shoes for the kids? <laughs> Do you
0: uh, know what
3: I'm talking about? Uh, I don't you narrowed it down Staffin- to about thirty. No, <laughs> Ste- Stephen Malvern? Mulberry? Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, Marbury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I
3: think that was him. She used to represent him, I think. But I only lasted like three months at Versatile. that
1: job. Versatile.
3: That, yeah, yeah, that's
1: an incredible roster. So you lasted three months there, but you were in New York, so you were like off to the races. Uh,
3: well, no, I was in New York, but I, it was at the time when I had also started a party called Broken Bougie in Atlanta, like about a year prior. And yes, it was Jason Carvin.
1: Jason, I forgot to explain to you that she's also a nightlife legend, just mm. like you. Um, unfortunately, not part of the EDM community, but, but still a nightlife legend.
0: Okay, yeah. that, that's cool, that's cool. I mean, if, uh, if, I, if it, these were a different times, I would be toasting you from your section to mine. <laughs> With some type what? of uh, you know, Armandale vodka, perhaps.
3: <laughs> yeah you know i was one of the uh few promoters that actually did not drink like that i just like you know
2: all business
3: all business on the back end and you i can't know, relate I, just, I can't relate yeah can you,
1: ex- can you explain the party though because it was a moment in time like the, the the year range and like what was happening you know
3: definitely um let's see it was i had just you know, I've been in fashion or whatever, working as a stylist and a personal uh, shopper for a couple of years. And somehow, um, I, I used to work for Big Boy's wife and her best friend, they had a boutique in Atlanta called P. Valentine. And a friend was just like, you know, you should definitely manage artists. And I don't know what possessed me to do it. I was what, 22, 23. And in doing so, I was like, well, Nobody knows who these kids are. Well, they're not kids. They were actually grown men, much older than me as well. And I was (laughs) managing them. Um, Like, I was the child in the situation. But, you know, I was just like, let me start a party because nobody would book them for shows. Nobody would, like, book them at their parties or the DJs wouldn't play their music. So I was like, I'm just going to start a party so I could play my artists, their music, the people that I like. Mm -hmm. give jobs and opportunities to graphic designers to create my stuff, you know, just like bring on Mm -hmm. the homies. And that's what happened. It was just like a joke at first. Like Atlanta is the city of 10,000 airs the thousandaire, millionaires. Damn, don't
1: don't fire shots at me on my podcast. Damn.
3: Listen, but I lived in Atlanta. I get it. I was that person in Alex Gideon's club in the section and then like going home in my fucking like Honda Hooptie. So I get it. Um, so I was like, damn, I'm like the epitome of Broken Bougie. Like I have like, you know, champagne taste on like beer budget. So my party is called Broken Bougie. And it was also like I had another party prior to that called The List. And I was just experimenting with a whole bunch of different like get togethers for friends and like minded folks. But it was definitely a special time. The years were like 2006 till 2012 is when I was throwing the party. But it was a time when also like I'd met Caleb, who started Sloppy Seconds in Atlanta with a friend, uh, Ree and Ian Ford. Mm-hmm. And then they split apart, but then like Ian and Re and I were really cool. So like, um, yeah, it just it was a moment in time. It was like that blog era of rappers, you know, like cool kids, kid sister, Herb Magazine's one hundred list. Like mm-hmm. these are the things that you aspire to be on. I believe now.
1: I believe that Jason, did you make the Herb one hundred, Jason? Or we already know what it is, dog. <laughs> <laughs> so you you are a, a you have. You have made the Herb 100 at least once. Yes. Um, yes, I have. Uh,
3: so we're in that
1: elite club, Jason. Wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. Damn, I'm feeling left out. I, I ain't got Forbes 30 under 30. Chris, got,
0: you need to get Herb- out of our section before I call security. <laughs>
2: <The> security. <laughs>
1: uh, no, it was a time. I mean, I think we were all probably similar age when that was like we all lived through that shit and probably made money off of it in some way. Um, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, but you, you just made money selling Coke, and we made money off, off the door and off the bar
1: percentage. <laughs> I didn't you sell know. Coke. I just did Coke. Get it, don't get it twisted. You it's supported the used.
0: ecosystem. <laughs> exactly. Got it.
3: I think you guys made money off of these parties. My ass was making, like, I thought I was doing something with the whole marketing uh, aspect of it. Like, 99 cents before 11 p.m., um. but, you know... Ninety percent of the people that came came before eleven, so yeah, we, we did. Here. I had the same yeah.
0: thing where it was it was free Svedka alcohol for the first oh hour, God. and everyone would just come and get like at nine fifty nine. You know, all the broke motherfuckers in LA would show up in line, and yeah. they would order six drinks at a time, and before the club was even cracking, everyone was blacked out, fist fighting each other and shit. <laughs>
3: Sveka. I will never forgive myself for offering Sebekka as an open bar option. Thing. <laughs> or, I'll never, you know what I'll really never forgive myself for is the fucking cool people that were throwing around money back in the day. The cool cigarettes. Yeah. I took all of
0: this money. You
3: get two oh packs for goodness. free when you sign yep. up or whatever? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, you yeah, just, yeah. They
0: take a picture of your driver's license and they give you two packs of those nice little menthols. <laughs> I had I had I had stacks of them. I didn't even smoke them.
1: I, I remember the I remember Camel doing that too. Um yeah, for, did it. for 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 a long time, you know. Um but mm, it was it it really was it honestly it's crazy to think about how I mean I guess that's just age too, right? But like there were truly no cares in the world. Like it was literally like nothing nothing was going the, the, the temperature of the world was so much different than it is now. It's hard to imagine that whole lifestyle
3: completely different i mean like
0: we, I yeah know. we were the last generation of people who didn't really have to care about shit that much and yeah i, I mean we, I, were
3: the, we, <laughs> we were the last generation of like this analog digital like yeah crossover, for sure. you know which i so appreciate and i'm so grateful for because i cannot imagine just growing up in this digital world mm-hmm. like and this is my entry point you know yeah like, no, i just I'm grateful for the posters and guerrilla marketing and the flyers initially back in the day. Same,
1: same. Um, Yeah. I mean, I, I I think that is a big, we talk about that a lot actually, um, about that, that kind of cusp and like remembering a time before the internet and then living through it, like improving and becoming like a true part of daily life. Um, but I, 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 don't, yeah, I'm very glad that I had to mail order stuff with stamps you know, it's it's, it's it's an important it's an shout, important part of my development.
3: Shout out Columbia House uh CDs. Don't subscriptions. It?
0: Yeah, now, we now we're that. really aging ourselves. Let's move on to TikTok. <laughs> Have you guys seen TikTok?
1: You guys heard this thing, TikTok. So did no, you I'm live in did you did you live in New York and then Nashville or Nashville then New York?
3: No, so I'm Palestinian. I was born in Kuwait, obviously because of just immigrants, um immigrant parents and taking okay. refuge in Kuwait uh in 89 when the gulf war was like simmering my family moved me out here because my siblings were in college out here my mom had passed so i'd always lived between atlanta and nashville since 89 Okay. okay uh and you know i'm one of those like kids that didn't have a green card at that time so i would go back and forth between the middle east and jordan and uh, spend the summers in Jordan with my family so my 20 year old uh, sister and brother can hang out for the summer out here in the US. Damn. Um, that, that was actually
0: back then. What was it like going back and forth between like Tennessee and the <laughs> Middle East?
3: Yeah, uh, total mindfuck. Um, yeah. It, you know, I'm too American for the Arabs and too Arab for the Americans. That's the way to sum it up. You know, yeah. it's, it's the best of both worlds. I mean, not in a bad way, you know, like it was just, that's why I was able to do a party like Broken Bougie in Atlanta because I was, I always call myself a dabbler, you know, like as much. <laughs> I dabble like, well.
2: Yeah, uh, you can uh, do
3: you. <laughs> there we <can>. go. <laughs> oh, uh, do you now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, like when I finally, I got stuck on a trip in jordan one summer that's the u.s embassy was just like oh you qualify for a green card so we're gonna cancel your visa and i was what 11 years old Mm. so i got stuck in the middle east one summer and just lived there for two years until uh, my family was able to get me a humanitarian visa from the united nations um to get me to move back to the u.s in 96 and (sighs) that's when i moved back to atlanta uh And I, you know, I lived like right near Grady. Like I grew up in that area and that's when like, you know, shit wasn't really that sweet back then in Atlanta on those blocks. So my family was like, you know what? We're going to move you to Tennessee with your brother. Um, So that's how I ended up in Tennessee and then came back. Oh, okay. Yeah. But my family's always been between Atlanta and Murfreesboro, Tennessee and Nashville, Tennessee. And then, in 2002, <clears throat> I was just like, you know what? I'm done with this. Like, I'm gonna go back to Atlanta. And- yeah,
0: yeah. Nah. and nah, you, you came at the it. perfect time.
3: Yeah, those were some good years, man. I mean, granted, like I was coming, I was not staying in Tennessee. Any opportunity that I had, like every freaking holiday weekend, every Christmas holiday, every summer, like I was coming back in the 90s, you know, mm, to Atlanta. Yeah. Um, but my family just did not want me to go to school in in Atlanta. And, Interesting. you know, it is what, what it is.
1: What do you think about, we, we had, uh, somebody you might know on the podcast, Joe Coscarelli, who's a New York times. He writes about music for the New York times. Um, And we were talking about Atlanta because he's writing a book that's based here. And I I just – do you have any theories or any knowledge you could bless us with about why the music scene is so rich? Like why you think that happened here versus somewhere else?
3: Yeah. I mean the thing is like I think it's just deep-rooted history, Southern pride. You know, um, it's so many layers, right? It started like – with Kill Ali and LaFace and everybody, like, there's just such a rich history. I think the issue, though, is that even though Atlanta influences everything, we're also our worst gatekeepers, uh-huh. you know, like, we're really, really gatekeepers in the city. And unfortunately, like, you know, uh, I don't know, it's hard, because We don't have a lot of like media outlets in our backyard, like how you would in New York or LA. Right. So like, you know, and and that's the only reason I would say that Atlanta did not become a bigger music city than what it already is, is because you couldn't do your promo runs in your own backyard. You know, Mm -hmm. you had to leave the city to go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So as massive as the music influence on everything is, I don't, I still don't think Atlanta gets the proper respect that it should or has.
1: Do you think that people – you know, but I think with a lot of things, um, you know, if, if you're in a band, if you're an actor, if you're an actress, you know, you you, you want to move to New York or LA where I think if you're in – if you work in rap music, hip-hop, or, or you're part of that culture in some way, you, you might move to Atlanta or stay here, which I think is also kind of a rare thing.
3: Yeah, quality of life is much better. You get more bang for your buck, you That's know – I mean, your peers are there. That's what's dope about the Atlanta music scene when it comes to like hip hop and R&B. You know, it is a black mecca. And at the end of the day, like you are in your you are in your element. You know, like this is the beauty of Atlanta. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's kind of like a time warp at the same time.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know? for sure. You know, like,
3: there is no creative inspiration, which is really, really frustrating, and it felt like, you know, I I was even a victim of that, where I was like, I gotta get out of here before I get stuck, you know?
1: like I mean, I don't same, do I same mean, thing. same, I left as soon as it made sense for me, you know what I yeah. mean? But I think that, new, I, I at the time, I mean, I felt, I didn't think about that hard, because I was young, you know what I mean? I was just like, yeah, fuck it, New York seems cool, um. And it, I mean, I, it worked out. I think that some people just outgrow where they, where they're from, no matter what the business is, you know?
3: Yeah. And I mean, I dream of days of going back home to Atlanta, actually more so Nashville nowadays, you know, like I would love to go to Nashville, but um, I don't know. It's just, it's, we have that conversation a lot, you know, about how can Atlanta get better, be better. And, you know, I think Atlanta's going through those weird years right now. It's like that puberty stage. Yeah.
2: You know, like it's that
3: between gentrification and being its authentic self, you know, back to its authentic self rather, because it was authentic. But we'll see what happens in the next couple of years.
1: No, for sure. I think it's 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 definitely like at a at a a tipping point in some ways. Um I I agree with you a hundred percent, especially after spending some time here, you
2: know. Um
1: as an adult. Uh but so So, did you start in the music business after in New York after the after the the PR job?
3: No, so I I, it goes back to being that whole dabbler situation, right? I was working in fashion. Were you working at the Standard back then?
1: Uh, Yeah, I was. Okay,
3: yes, I was Uh, first
1: first employee. (laughs)
3: Okay. First playing, employee at the Standard
0: Hotel? What do you
3: mean? No, it's, no. A,
1: it's a store. It, it was a, It's a store in Atlanta.
0: Uh, a, yes, a, yes.
1: a clothing store.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Um, is that place still around?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's at the mall. It's at Lenox now. Okay. Oh,
3: wow. Look. Okay. So, yeah, no. When I was working in fashion, quote unquote, and working at the boutique, I started with Bow Wow's mom and then Big Boy's wife and her best friend. Um that's when I got approached about being an artist manager with a group named Proton back in the day in Atlanta. And that's how I got, I guess like the music bug is just, I was just sadistic and was like, Oh, you know, Uh, I have no experience in the music industry. Now I'm going to be a manager and oh shit, what does an agent do? Oh, I have to book them shows. Oh, what's a press release. So it was like trial and error. Like, you know, it was training on the job literally. And that's how I got into it because you know, once you get bit by the music bug, it's like, oh, well now I have to prove that I can make this happen. And, you know, went from managing artists to uh, show promotion um, so I did like Drake's first sold out show with my homies. We did like J Cole, A three C. Like I was one of the first um, curators at A three C when you know they changed their whole narrative from like yeah. backpacker. Um, what is
0: what is A C three for people who don't know?
3: A three C is a A three C is a hip hop festival that started in Atlanta, um, and it was very very much like super like. I, I don't even know how to explain it, but it was not it, in my opinion.
2: <laughs>
1: like
3: backpackery?
2: You know, I, I, I just I'm can't put my
3: finger on it,
1: but it ain't it. You know, I just can't. It ain't it. Some uh, J. Cole shit? <laughs> yeah, if, if, no, Jermaine Coles, was... if Jermaine Cole's involved, we ain't involved on, on this podcast. No,
3: don't uh, do that. If we, if do you J. fuck J. Cole, with your Majesty like that? <laughs> your Majesty, you guys. <laughs> do you I didn't say it. Guys. Do you fuck with Jermaine like that? You I'm guys. Actually, it's
1: starting I'm to sure. sound like it. I'm surprised. You you don't have to defend him on this podcast, but I want you to know that we are steadfastly against him. Um,
3: I, I mean, I, I do see your tweets. <laughs> <laughs> well, you I know, definitely see your tweets. What, what do, you, do you what do you speaking no.
0: of? What do you what are your thoughts on Chris Black's tweets? Just, I just mean, that's from an unbiased opinion of yours.
3: Legit my favorite account ever. Yes, mm.
1: let's go, baby. That's what we like to hear.
3: Anyone and everyone, he probably says all the things I wish I could say, but in the position that I'm in, I can't say. Mm-hmm. Um, so I. He is a martyr.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
3: he's a martyr for the I'm people. Falling on the
1: sword, someone has to. But you guys, you know, you, I realized you guys actually met at the Casey Musgrave
0: show. Mm-hmm. I oh, was. We, with Casey. we met at the yeah. whitest gathering in the history yeah. of Los Angeles. This yeah, so good
3: rainbows <laughs> and butterflies and I it was. don't know. It, it was good. It was, it was so good. it was
0: very good. But I I
1: um I I needed to get that out there. Uh, but I look, I can relate to being bit by the. I mean, I literally did the same thing, uh, in the music business. And then, unlike you, I just probably got out of it a little too early. Whereas I think you stayed the course and kind of figured out like a real job. You know what I'm saying? <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, like. You know, uh, I guess Twitter, Facebook, MySpace saved my life because who knows what I would be doing right now, honestly. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I've definitely moved. Um, you know, like I used Twitter to sell out Drake's first sold-out show ever in under seven minutes back in the day when no one was on Twitter. You know, where and was, that was Big
1: Drake? Where did Big Where did Big Scorpion play in in, in on that? That tour?
3: Uh, oh, at center and st- not, a, not even at center stage. It was the loft. Okay, it was the sir. middle part. And it, it, the only reason was because management at the time was like, no, we, we just don't think like this is the first show. We don't want it to be empty. And I'm like, trust, like we can fill a 3000 seater. And they're like, no, 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 let's just go with the 800 capacity place. And when I tell you that line was around the building twice, it was crazy. Was this so um, far gone? Yeah, it was so far gone.
1: Damn. A classic.
3: A cl- a Do you and Drake classic. still stay in touch? <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> no, we don't. You know, it's a classic, it's a classic case of like, you know, mm. being the person that puts, you know, uh, creates a blueprint or trend forecast something, and then it pops off mm-hmm. and then like everybody else gets like booking off of it and like movie deals and book deals off of it. And I feel like I've had that story so many times. And that's another reason why I stopped. I was like, Oh no, y'all aren't making money off of me anymore. That's it. Yeah. I
0: mean, there, there definitely is such a thing as being a little too early uh, to, to certain things where you get the shine, you get the recognition, you get the, you know, the self satisfaction of being the first person, but then, you know, the, the bag has not, the full bag has not arrived at that point and then other people can just take advantage of that.
3: Yeah, I tell people all the time like how I was able to leave Atlanta or why I was okay is that I had to come to terms with the fact that you can create the blueprint but you might not be the one eating off of it mm-hmm. but at least all roads lead back to you and that creates other opportunities so like I have zero regrets. Like it's beautiful but I learned a lot in those times and you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, Bragging rights. The
0: the, the real ones know.
3: Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm.
1: I think that's a problem we suffer with as a society now, especially with young people, is like the just desperate need for credit. You know, yeah. When when it's like, no, nah, it's fine. People, the, the, it always is true. The right people know if if they need to know.
3: One hundred percent. I'm a firm believer in that, and I love. There's nothing more that I love. Than walking into a space and someone not knowing like what I've done, what I've contributed, or who I am, and then like having other people tell them, like I love being the come up kid in every situation. Like you don't have, I don't have to sit here and tout what I do all day long. Um, other people look. It's tell unbecoming. You. It is, yeah. It,
1: yeah, it really is, and and we I, unfortunately that's what social media can be for for, for a certain kind of person. It's yeah. too easy,
3: but I will say, like, I mean, for. I think we come from the same era where we did the behind the scenes work and that's yeah, how we so. operated. And, you know, when you do behind the scenes work, you don't talk about behind the scenes work. You just do. But mm-hmm. the beauty of social media is that I've been encouraged to get a little bit better and, you know, story tell a little bit more because I think that's another thing about Atlanta is that if we were able to document the way these kids are documenting what they're doing, Oh, it, it, music scene in Atlanta will be completely different. And I'm not talking about like the two chains and folks like that. I'm talking about like other artists, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, the uh back in the day or sure, proton sure, sure. or, you yeah. know, those are the kids that if we had the ability to document the way they're documenting now, it would be a whole different world.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: it's true no i i agree and we did not have that there's no, no. document there's no documentation if there is it's you know it, it it went away with myspace probably so
3: yeah i tried to start a website called comeupkids.com uh, that i lost because i didn't have 120 dollars for hosting that's how close <laughs> i was you know
1: when they um, hit you that the, when they hit you with the hosting man, check you know it's just
3: really brutal i was like do i go to the pawn shop i was like fuck a website <laughs> you know <laughs> um <laughs> like i don't need it but that's i tried so hard to document the scene between like nashville atlanta you know toronto at the time miami like trying to connect the dots but it was a lot of work like it wasn't what it is now um like beyonce dropping a whole business directory like we were doing that in 2006
1: no, like, you're right. Either. I mean, that, that, that Beyonce business directory shit is really wild. It's really cool.
3: Yeah, no, it really is. Like, it's so dope. But that's what I mean. Like, that's the kind of yeah. stuff that we've been doing, you know. But because yeah. there wasn't documentation or interest in it back yeah. then, nobody yeah. knew about it.
1: No, no, you're right. You're right. And Beyonce, I think we—if Beyonce sneezes, we know about it. So that might not be the best example. Do you think there's
0: anything that that um that we can do as creators of the blueprint to not have creative directors of rich people take our ideas and run with them? Get hired by
3: rich people and be their creative directors. I guess that's a good advice.
0: Good
1: advice.
3: Okay, cool. All
0: right,
1: I can. That's something I can understand. Damn, maybe
0: I should be a creative director. That sounds dope. (laughs) Damn, I've never. So like what do you really do? I mean, it sounds cool, but you know.
1: Well,
3: hey, hey, don't knock the creative director title. I gave that to myself back in 2007. I mean, it
1: unfortunately Look, everyone did. When as
0: soon as you as soon as we created our Instagram accounts, we all became creative directors. Oh yeah. CBCD. I mean, were,
1: were you early on? Were you early on Instagram or were you, or were you early on Twitter and stuff, but you you, you took some time.
3: No, I was an early adopter. That was my thing. Like back in those days, like I was fanatic about being an early adopter. Not to only get my name, but I just wanted to be in the first to bake yeah, a test yeah. step, You thought you that
0: know? you thought that lo account was going to be popping, didn't you?
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're like, yes, uh, right. I got my full name on lo. You guys be jealous.
3: All of that. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I was. I was on Twitter in 2008. I was on Instagram, like I think th- there's a way for me as an employee. Like one time the Media Ops guy like looked I had him look it up for me and I was I think one of the first million to like sign up for it. Oh, um, that's crazy. Yeah, like I was really, really into that stuff. I mean right now I have like what thirty pictures on my page, but there was a time when I had eight thousand photos, you know?
1: Damn, so so <laughs> <laughs> Walk so you me through to...
0: that purge, please?
1: Yeah, let's go through the archive process, please. We need we need some advice, maybe.
3: I've gone through two different purges. Uh, the first one was in 2013. I printed out 4,000 photos. On
1: you printed person. them out. What did you do with them? What did you print them out? I have
3: them. I have them in a box here, actually. Um, so but you like was... Marie
0: Kondo them? Like you printed them all out so they won't be lost? Yeah
3: yeah, Damn. before there was archive or anything, I really thought I was this. So you like, didn't care pseudos. about
0: the rainforest or anything. interesting, okay.
2: <laughs> Nope. Nope. So
0: you sure printed see so and <clears throat> and did you did you go like on your phone one by one just hitting delete or did you have like inside technology from working no. at the gram or is there a third party app? No,
3: this is two thousand thirteen. I didn't work oh, okay. at the gram till two thousand seventeen. Okay. Um but no, there was a I think the website's name is called Print Studio or Princetram. Mm-hmm. It's like a it's a it's an a photo printing app that right. you can connect to your Instagram account. So you just go through, pick all the ones that you want, they print them out after they printed them out. I deleted all of the ones that I didn't want. Got it. so that was the first purge. The second purge came like two thousand maybe eighteen nineteen. I don't remember now, mm-hmm. but that one at least I worked at Instagram, and we had launched the archive feature, so oh, I okay, the, I see yeah pre-archive yeah Yeah. pre-archive was brutal like that was (laughs) that took a solid week Mm -hmm. yeah but and i just actually archived about 400 photos like two three days ago i think it's just weird times right now a lot of people like energies too much is out there in the world so Mm -hmm. i was like you know what i don't want a lot of people in my business Not that I have a lot of business on Instagram, but...
1: Let me tell you something right now. I'm sure you can talk to some tech guys in the office, and that fucking archive feature's been working overtime for the past couple weeks. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That archive feature is tired. He's, he's, He's gasping for breath. He needs a drink of water.
3: Yeah, no, it's, it's been um, very illuminating how certain things come out. But, you know, for me, it's like I always had the foresight. Since 2009, I've been erasing my tweets. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally. And I you're not like, even are,
0: saying wild shit. Or maybe no, you are. No, I'm not
3: even saying anything. And I'm like, y'all are not going to have me messed up out here. Like, I'm erasing my tweets since 2009. And it's a joke now because people know when I put up the GIF of uh, – and I've never seen Men in Black, by the way, but I was told what this meant. <laughs> um, Will Smith, when he uses that gadget to erase memories.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, a classic meme. Classic. Yeah.
3: So when I use that meme, people know that my tweets just got erased. It's become like a joke at this point where they send it back.
0: Oh.
3: Um, but yeah, I'm like, nah.
0: So when you when you go back and, and delete old tweets, is are are there certain tweets that stay like is there a criteria that they have to be met it's or it's just spring cleaning everything's got to go
3: no like (laughs) i legit have uh, this whatever third party app that i have signed up and it just deletes it every week like
2: every week i I don't
3: go yeah i don't i don't Mm. go through and be like oh uh, this is a cute tweet might delete later no
0: So yeah. even so, if you have some fire that has thousands of likes, boom, it's gone.
3: Yeah, who gives a shit, <laughs> Chris? I don't Chris
0: Black, music. me. I'm,
3: I mean, you know, <laughs>
1: you're, I kind of, I, I appreciate that though, because I do think that, like, no, I mean, it's I don't, amazing. I don't really give a shit, but like, people are so mad that it's like, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, that it, it's it's a lot to go back through. That's for sure.
3: Yeah. And you know what's so crazy is that people will send me screenshots of my tweets now, you know, mm. and thank God it's nothing bad. It's like more like pseudo fake motivational shit that I might have said. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Embarrassing like, but When you cancelable. tweeted this
0: picture of Rise and Grind, I really felt that. I just wanted to share it with you.
3: No, it's, it's like, you know, I may have been in my feelings and like posted a lyric by mm. Fiona Apple or some shit. I don't know. And, we, you um, know, we
1: we've had a lot of discussion about Fiona Apple on this podcast. Are you are you riding hard for the new album? Uh, no. Say no more. I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not even. I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a fan.
3: I, I'm a diehard fan. I mean, I I like it by default, but I don't love it. You know, um, mm. not not it didn't hit like how I needed. it. how the others hit.
0: We we needed that record to hit at that time, didn't we?
3: yeah um i and i mean i went hard like i saw it i was waiting i saw that it dropped like i ordered my merch even though the label is gonna send it to me damn mm-hmm.
1: when she wants to support the artist you know you'd love to see that you know yeah, you'd love to see no, that
3: i definitely support artists i buy i buy albums and merch all the time that's the least i could do you know you bought but that
0: fiona on Bandcamp, <laughs> double gatefold vinyl <laughs>
3: <laughs> I definitely bought the vinyl and the sweatshirt, even though I have a package that was sent to my office mm-hmm. that I uh, I'm probably not going to for the rest of the year. Well, it's a
0: it's a write off, um, bro.
3: Yeah, there. Are it is. you
1: doing the beats? Because you, you listen to a lot of music, I'm always pretty impressed with the range.
3: Well, coming from you, that's thank you. I'm mm. just saying, because. You know,
2: well, no, I just, like,
1: well, everybody, look, everybody has their little hiccups, you know? I mean, I, oh there's, a, there's a lot of things I, there's a, look, I like a lot of bad stuff. Um, Not as bad as J. Cole, but like, I like a lot of bad stuff that I get killed for all the time. So, but I just think that it's, it's, it's interesting because I don't know if this is the way you grew up, but I grew up listening to punk and hardcore and it was like, that's what you listen to. You know what I mean? And then as you get a little older, you're like, oh, I should listen to, I should maybe try this other stuff. But now in the world, I feel like it's really respected and, and encouraged to be like as diverse as possible with your listening, um, mm-hmm. which was not the case for me growing up. So I don't, was that like a household thing for you or did you just do that yourself as you got older?
3: I definitely um, did it for myself from a young age. Like I would hear certain songs in movies and be like, what is that? Billie Holiday, what is that? You know, like. Mm. who harvest moon what what is that song (laughs) you know um like van morrison cool what is that you know so i did a lot of research i don't know music just resonated with me and that goes back to that whole calling myself a dabbler and why i wanted to throw a party like broken bougie because i wanted to hear tears for fears and also wanted to hear like gucci man in the club Mm. like that was me you know that's
1: When I look in the mirror, I see half Van Morrison, half Gucci Man. So I understand where you're coming from.
3: <laughs> I mean, I, I paid like a four hundred and fifty dollars ticket to see Van Morrison at Carnegie Hall. Oh you know, shit! Like, How
1: good was it though? How good was
3: it? It's so epic, and I was probably the only person under the age of thirty-five at the time. For mm-hmm.
1: sure. Did he have the full band? Like a crazy band? The
3: full-on band. And I went by myself, and I was just in freaking heaven.
1: That sounds. I mean, I paid a. I paid like six hundred bucks to see the Rolling Stones last, like this or a few months ago, I guess. At this point, and it was extremely worth it. Like yeah, extremely I, worth it.
3: You know, one festival I really wish I would have went to, and I regret honestly, was Old Cella.
0: I was there. Were, Were you there? You, <laughs> oh, wow. It was hot fire. Best best concert I've ever been to.
3: I forgot you
1: went to that. Who played?
0: Uh the one I went to was um Roger Waters and then the Who opened for them for him. Uh, but Jesus. there was also Dylan, the Stones, Paul McCartney. Oh I mean, God. I
3: remember like it was Neil Young and
0: then yeah, Neil Young.
3: And Rolling Stones for sure, because you brought up Rolling Stones.
0: Um it was the best concert. It, like just the user experience of it was optimal for somebody who is you know above the age of 30 i would say
3: yeah i i would i so regret i don't even know why i didn't go because that's so up my alley but yeah that's how i grew up and that's what i like like i have a whole d4l snap like playlist but then i have michael bolton music and brian adams
1: can you please you know? share Thanks. the D4L playlist with us when we get off the pod? That would be important
2: for us. <laughs> it's it's
3: it's called the 940 Piedmont playlist, because that's my that was my address during that era. So I'll definitely share it with you. Well, and did, then did, I have I did, have a playlist called Tennessee Country Roads. You, you know, like I just
1: Hell yeah, before. brother. Hell yeah, bro. I mean, what's going on? Do you think country music's about to have a reckoning? We were talking about this because the Dixie Chicks just changed their name to the Chicks, which seems very strange to me. Not Lady to lo- A, Le- yeah,
3: a. Lady yeah.
1: Like, why can't they just change their name but make it good? I don't understand <laughs> why. I don't know why they have to change the name and make it bad. But like, I think country music has become more mainstream and a little more diverse in the last like ten years. I mean, you're you probably know more than me.
3: It, no, it definitely has, and I mean, I think it's a generational thing. You know, like. Yeah you grow up listening to country, making country music, but you're, like, it's kind of like the Daughters of the Confederacy, like, you know, things is coming out about that, like, people don't realize, like, the influence those women had, like, they raised these young kids to know a a certain kind of way in a life, you know, Um, and you have to think, like, they came up at a time when people were being taught to be colorblind or like you're, you stay in your lane and that was their lane. I mean, Dixie chicks are, it's a bad example because they kind of, you know, alienated themselves by the comment they made some years back, Yeah. you know? Um, But other country artists, like they, they created for that audience and they're older now. Like they grew up on the shit that, we grew up on and they're realizing that it's wrong and i think we're gonna see a major shift you know Um, i think so i think
1: i think so too i mean i think this nascar stuff the country stuff those are both like two kind of industries that are ripe for for some big changes um and maybe the most needed
3: yeah no for sure um we'll see where it goes i mean casey musgraves is a perfect example i guess of an artist that Mm -hmm. came up you know at a certain time but wanted is rooted in country music but country music can be pop too i mean think about like some of the biggest like pop songs you know yeah for they sure were country songs initially yeah so yeah, yeah. it has ability i mean the songwriting it's beautiful like i love country music older country music not new shit
1: um, um oh you're not banging kane brown in the prius i'm surprised
3: you know, no, no, no comment. <laughs> no comment.
1: But like a guy like that, I'm like, this guy is terrible, but he's huge because it, it it's people want to see themselves. You know what I mean? Like if yeah. you're a fa- if you're a fan of country music and you're black or mixed race, there's like not there's no one to look for. You know, so it's like I think that that's why someone like that has had such a, a meteoric rise. Um, you know, for for many reasons. Um, well, we have to. I would be remiss if we didn't discuss the versus battles.
3: Oh, boy. What do you want to talk about there?
1: (laughs) Well, you know, it's not really my shit, to be honest, but it has been insane. And today I saw something that reminded me of Joe Biden commenting on the D-Nice
3: stream, which is
1: so classic. Uh
3: (laughs) Wait, what happened?
1: like in the early days of quarantine Oh, be nice when, yeah, yeah, yeah. when that Joe March
3: B- March 21st as they like as we like to call it <laughs>
1: <laughs> when Joe Biden just put the thumbs up emoji in the in the stream which is so good it's so it funny it's so good
3: i mean no one deserves it more than Derek Jones aka be nice he's like the nicest guy in the industry and well, what is
1: – so did you – how did – I guess it would – I think it's cool to hear about, like, how the idea started and how, how it came to you, like, how oh. you first heard about it.
3: Uh, honestly, like, which one? The d nice stuff or Versus? No, the Versus, the Versus,
1: the versus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
3: so Versus, um, I was familiar with the concept because, obviously, like, Swiss did it a couple years back. Uh, I think it was him and Timbaland or him and Just Blaze. I don't remember exactly who, but I remember tuning in back in the day. But it was before Live With. So when D Nice happened, and like Live was popping off between the Global Citizen stuff, and you know D doing his DJ stuff, you know Swiss and Timbaland decided to go live with each other. And I tuned in that night because I was so. You're on saying, all of us.
1: So, but you're saying so they didn't have it. Instagram wasn't involved at the beginning.
3: No, we've never been involved like the thing. So what I do at Instagram is my job is to keep the dots connected between the music industry and us as a platform. It's my job to educate everyone in the music industry, be it artists, you know, producers, labels, whomever on the best way to use Instagram. And because I come from creative strategy and marketing, like I also, you know, ideate some creative strategies with our partners so in this case, you know, they were live and they were having a little bit of issues. So they all emailed me with their manager on email like, hey, we can't connect like while they were live. And I was giving them best practices. So obviously we got on the phone and I've known Swiss like he's been by the office. I've worked with him. Um, so, show, you know,
1: Showtime, et cetera. Showtime.
3: Okay. So, zone. <laughs> it was, sorry, it's zone.
1: I'm sorry. I forgot he switched I, it to zone. I zone now. A- I am aware of that, but I prefer Showtime. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna rewrite. <laughs> Old <habits> die hard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, sorry. No, show
3: Showtime <laughs> Swiss is epic. It's it's legendary. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, no, I mean it went from there to just making sure that they have all the best practices, just hearing who they have next, trying to make sure that I connect with those artist teams so they have no hiccups, even though a lot of them do have hiccups um You know, and that's kind of it. Like, so I you guys
0: are kind of like signal boosting a little bit and offering some like Geek Squad assistance and on the on mm. the tech side of things.
3: If if you call me the Deep Squad assistance and like the tech <laughs> Geek Squad, then that is I. Yes, it
2: is. That is <laughs> I. That is I. <laughs> Ooh, uh, you uh, like
0: being Geek Squad.
2: But I just, I just
1: feel like, honestly, like, I feel like it's been one of the biggest, like, brands, you know, for lack of a better term, to come out of quarantine, you know? I think it's, like, something that people have really gravitated towards. It's just interesting that, it, that it's worked so well.
3: It's it's the perfect storm. That's all it is. It's a perfect storm. We're all home. Think about it. Like, it's a music that we all came up on. You know, it's nostalgic. It reminded us of better times, good times, cheers to better years, whatever, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So it's it's of course it's gonna work, but as things open up, things are gonna shift. Like I would love to see it, you know, hit the road or something happen with yeah. it. Um, I don't know. We'll see. But we Instagram, like we we're just there as a platform to make sure, like that's the home where it's been, and we'll yeah. see where it goes from there.
1: But as the as live in general, just been such a priority as during quarantine for in general, I just feel like it's been such a, it's had the biggest uptick of anything I've seen.
3: Yeah. I mean, live was definitely not the biggest priority pre COVID and then yeah. COVID happened. And I will say that a lot of it has to do with me and my colleagues. Just like when we talk best practices with our partners, we talk about four things, right? We're like, if you use all four surfaces, AKA IGTV live feed and stories holistically, you know, you'll have better engagement. And the good thing about it is the last three years that I've been at Instagram, we've always stressed to use live. But the thing is, artists actually don't feel comfortable using live, you know? They need
1: all that auto-tune, you know, all the production, like, you know. Yeah,
3: like, and not even just from a performance standpoint, even talking to themselves, like, they need an audience. Mm. So people, like, artists, especially in public figures, weren't using live like that. But then when we're all quarantined, they miss that. They miss that connection and that communication with other folks. So it was just like, I, I remember pre um, going into quarantine life. We, I sent out a best practice tip to a bunch of artist teams and labels. And I was like, Hey, remember if we go and have to self isolate, you got live. If you want to directly connect with art, with your audience. Yeah, And it just went off like, and You know, I think it's a new behavior and it's a prioritized behavior on the platform. And, you know, I think it's going to be a new way of life, especially when we talk music, like not coming back till 2021 or 2022, you know?
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I watched, you know, I've watched a few verses. I watched the, 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 the Alicia and John Legend because our friend works with Alicia, um, so oh, I yeah.
3: Watched. What's his name? Yumi?
1: yeah Yeah, yeah. Yimmy, exactly. He, 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 was, he was there at the show with us that night, too. You met him that yeah, night. Yeah.
3: And then I re met him when I was working with Alicia and them for the Grammys. Yes, we yes. Dog- exactly. Yeah, he's good people.
1: He's the best. But so I watched that one in full. And that one to me seemed, I guess they have just so many hits between them. And I love making fun of John Legend. So it was like the perfect combo for me. Um, <laughs> But you know, everybody, come, everybody comes, to, everybody comes to these things with different priorities, you know. Uh, yeah. And I understand that. You know, I understand that it, it takes all kinds.
0: Uh, yep. We we've been talking about you know the MySpace and the Ellos and all these other social media platforms. Do you feel like all social media platforms are, are kind of doomed to have a, a shelf life or a or a, a time of death, or is there a chance in the future where they go on forever.
3: Uh I think as long as man has like and when I say man like humans. Um, <laughs> okay,
0: not man's. Uh,
3: man's. Not man, not, not man's. We're not talking not, about Zuckerberg. Not not man's and them. Okay. Um <laughs> but no, as long as like humans have the need this like need to like share uh, social media is always going to be there. Well, I guess I don't mean opinion.
0: I don't mean social media as a whole. I mean specific social media platforms like you know Friendster and MySpace and Elo and all of these platforms that have come and eventually gone. You know, do you think there is a time where a Facebook and an Instagram and a Twitter, you know, get eventually taken over by a, a something new and better and less corrupted, perhaps?
3: Yeah. Oh, see. That there was not go. a. That was not a um, dig. That was not a dig. There but
0: that's not a dig <laughs> to those. But it. I mean, we have to. We Don't have to.
2: But that's that's <laughs> sort
0: of what happened. That's that's how social media platforms die. Less of the, less of the corruption, hands. but more of like, all right, here you did a great job with Friendster, but here's our new version of it. it's called MySpace, and everyone's like, okay, this is twenty times better. We're gonna switch. And then the I same think, thing happened to Myspace, etc. I think
3: everything is evolutionary. And I think at the time with Friendster and like Myspace, it was literally a fucking moving train laying down the tracks. Mm-hmm. Not even laying down the tracks. It was just like a moving train on God knows what. <laughs> I think, you know, <laughs> like... With Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and, you know, other platforms, like we are, I I pride myself on being on a moving train that is like laying down tracks as we go, but we really do work with a lot of intention, you know, and I don't know. We it's been around this long. Yeah. I didn't, MySpace lasted X amount of years. Like it was fun. Mm-hmm. Friendster. Like I could name a million social media platforms that started initially and to this day the start and come and go. Mm-hmm. But I think it's always it's going to be like the three big labels: UMG, Sony, and Warner.
1: Yeah, yeah, true. You're
3: always going to have it. It's always going to be there. People are always going to want to share that they got engaged or they had their fifth <laughs> child or you know whatever so or like when jason when, when
1: jason when jason posts up a picture of a sandwich or something really important like that mm. I'm no just, avocado mm.
3: toast turmeric <laughs> golden milk tea i don't fucking know there's always going to be a trend
1: but i think that i think what's interesting is that that stories are just less like high def you know what i mean so i think people like that i think that's given instagram a whole new life when that was introduced that just gave it a whole new, a whole new element that, that is like got people hooked people in like a different BTS
0: way. just as much as, as the final product. Yeah, and for
3: sure. I mean, that's the thing about Instagram. And I, I promise you, I'm not saying it because I work there. Obviously I've been like an early adopter and it's helped my career before it got me into this position working there. Um, people, you know, it's again, it's an evolution. Like when Instagram first started, it was high quality content and like, architect buildings and you know it was all this shit and then there was a shift in behavior you know and that shift was i want raw authentic organic but a little bit curated (laughs) you know a little Mm. bit curated and i think you're always going to see a shift in behavior i mean we're seeing it right now with live it's live consumption like what else is going to happen that's the thing that's what i mean by it's a train that's constantly moving but we're laying down the track as we go and I've worked at Twitter and I've worked at Instagram and, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not going anywhere.
1: Damn, I didn't, I didn't, you've really covered all the bases. Shit. We haven't covered,
0: we haven't covered the best part about Instagram and the worst part at the same time. Let's, let's talk about the explore page.
3: (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) Listen, don't tell on yourself.
0: It, or, it is what you make it, but I also I I have dubious I I, I, I I'm dubious about some of it, you know.
3: Hey, don't tell man. on yourself. Don't tell on yourself because explore page is nothing but you and the closest people to you and what they consume.
0: Okay, well that's that's what I wanted to know because I don't know I don't I don't know how it happens, but maybe you can offer some more in depth insights so so the people that you are friends with and follow can also influence the explore page because i feel like in the beginning of of instagram the explore page was really an organic discovery and i could actually use it to discover things um and now you know the algorithm is sort of you know the snake has eaten its own tail and it's a it's on a a crazy orbit that i don't even know what's going on
3: yeah i mean it's honestly like the the best way to put it is if Chris and I follow each other and we consume the same content and you and Chris obviously follow each other, but I don't follow you. At the end of the day, what's going to happen is (laughs) I'm going to follow you after this Um, team follow back. It's all good. (laughs) Yeah. team follow back. Uh, But no, that's like the best practice we tell everyone, right? Is that if you want to be introduced to a new audience, just engage with your current, you know, friends and family Mm -hmm. as much as possible because you're going to pop up in their, in their explore as well
2: Mm. because
3: the way it works is it's like literally the algorithm is just like learning what your interest is and the community around you and serving you content that it assumes you are going to be into. If you don't like it, just don't like it.
1: So, okay. (laughs) It'll I got shift. it. I got it. Okay. Some, so,
0: I mean, there's it, it's normally a fine place my explore page. It, it's it's no, it's usually a, a good mix of of some things that I'm interested in, a few things that I don't care about, but when things pop up a lot like when TikTok was, you know, when everyone was doing TikTok dances and it was super huge, like my explore page was just flooded with it and I never engaged with it, never wanted it, never never looked at it. And then, but it still just kind of shows up, and I'll click like show me, show me less, show me this less. Um, mm-hmm. But I guess TikTok is just the dancing. It's too was, big, yeah. Too, I was about to, yeah, was yeah Jason,
1: amazing. this is this is not about algorithm. This is about TikTok taking over the world. This yeah, is so.
0: this, this is bigger than you.
1: You know what I mean? Mm.
3: You know, it's all love. It's a lot of fun stuff on TikTok. But do you use what? Do you use TikTok? I definitely do not use TikTok.
0: Wow. You just went from it's all love to I don't fuck with TikTok.
3: No, 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 TikTok no, TikTok no. is the enemy. I, no, d- do not put words in my mouth. No, that's just um,
0: my statement. Banging on my chest. It's on site when I see TikTok no. in the street.
3: No, some of <laughs> my closest friends work there. But no, no, no. I just, I, I have no rhythm and I can't hold a note. Like, right, legit. Well.
2: That's twitter true. is the
0: place for you my friend
3: <laughs> Twitter is literally the place for me i obviously don't share i use a lot of stories i don't take a lot of photos because i'm stuck in the house like how many times do you want to see my dogs yeah. um you know but no tiktok i say no i don't because i i legit have zero rhythm like my husband makes fun of me yeah. and i don't i don't want <laughs> that that's embarrassing have that's you, the shit have you tried we'll cbd borrow. um what does that do
0: (laughs) it just loosens you up baby it's all good just try a little
3: i'm I'm loose not like that
1: (laughs)
0: okay i'm loose i just
1: can't dance could
0: you could you give me what are the five top things that appear on your explore page then
3: uh let me look right now i honestly never look at my explore page we're about to get Um, the heat
1: right now this is about to be the tea
3: Let's see. No, I mean, right now I have Buy Black, Racial Justice Guides. I have uh, Veggie Bun Six Ways. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have Which Meat Is Best, Beef, Chicken, or Salmon. Um, because mm. I'm also a chef, by the way. So I, I went to culinary school. Uh In the mm. last three I was about to, years, was about to yeah. mention
1: this to Jason because Jason's also a chef. Uh, so you guys have that in common. But you did you just stop working and do it for a couple years and no. then go back to work? No. Uh, uh-uh. I
3: went. It, I started Instagram in March of 2017. I started culinary school January 2017 on the weekends. Mm, so I was shit. going – yeah, I was working full-time and going to culinary school Saturday, Sunday from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m.
0: Damn. Well, <laughs> when uh, when this all blows over, you and I can – we can cook up with Chris.
3: We I would love that. I definitely miss cooking. I'm very Arab in that sense where I cook for 30 people at any given time, even for my husband and I alone. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it's like very much an Arab – granny auntie mm. mode. Um so what yeah, are, the what,
1: that are the what are your go-to Arab dishes?
3: Oh man, there's like Mluchyeh, which is the um North African like jute plant that's kinda like spinach. Mm-hmm. Um that's really good. Malfouf, which is like a stuffed rolled cauliflower. I I mean uh cabbage leaves, kind of like how mm. grape leaves are, but with lamb meat and rice. I mm. mean there's so much. There's they're, it's good mediterranean food you know
1: yeah 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 that's right up my street actually
3: okay cool come on over
1: i'm, I'm, on I, over. I'm gonna i will i will well i mean
3: <laughs> come to Crenshaw and have some arabic food
1: <laughs> are you are you subtly telling me i need some culture in my life because i don't disagree okay
0: <laughs> okay i didn't you i can... didn't put that together but it sounds like you've just read yourself bro
1: Well, when you're being attacked, you know what it is. You know what it feels like. Mm.
3: Goodbye, Christopher.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining us. This was a real pleasure. Um, And it sounds like you're holding up pretty well in
0: in quarantine. Thank you. No,
3: thanks, guys. Is
0: there there anything you want to plug uh, on the the intranet or any new stuff you're working on that you want to talk about real quick?
3: Not really, no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just follow follow my shit. That's it.
3: Uh, not even. Okay. You don't even have to do that. It's all good. Don't no, find if I'm you see it.
0: me on the streets, just say hello. That's all.
3: No, I mean, like, I, I feel like oftentimes when I'm following Chris and his tweets, like I feel like it's a two-way, one-way combo. Mm. So uh, when when he hit me, I was like, oh, this is gonna be fun. It's like Twitter tweets in real time. So Damn. it'll be that, fun. That's
1: that's exactly it. we've rebranded conversations conversation is tweets in real time yeah, that's, that's really yeah
0: that's <laughs> we're gonna add that to our, our one sheet deck
3: hey that's, remember trend forecaster Blueprinter over here give me my do
0: uh yeah we'll see well yeah, you're
1: fine you're the one with the <laughs> salary position at a giant company okay I'll, we're all worried
0: about I'll, you i'm gonna put a, a a light 50 in your sweet green account so that'll
3: hit <laughs> soon don't worry thank you thank you my well, t- we'll talk to you soon all right guys take care bye bye, bye.